The Bulletin Our Savior's Love for Us This is from a sermon by the Most Reverend uh, Clarence Kelly. Most revered? Most reverend? Uh, one day, a priest was asked to visit a convicted murderer, murderer who was awaiting execution on death row. The priest made the first of many visits. The man was an unbaptized non-believer. The priest spoke to him about Christ and the faith. He spoke to him about forgiveness of sin. But no matter what he said, he was not able to reach him. Nothing seemed to move the prisoner. One would think that in the face of death, everyone would automatically turn to God and ask forgiveness for their sins. However, it is just not so. Some years ago, when I was in Texas, I came across a terrible accident involving a car and a pickup truck. The priest I was with went to the car, and I went to the pickup truck. The truck was overturned. I crawled underneath, and the driver was hanging upside down. I asked him if he was a Catholic. He said he wasn't. A Baptist, I believe, is what he, what he was. I did not know whether he would live or die, so I asked him, Are you sorry for your sins? Though he was hanging upside down, he was not panicking, and he actually paused to think about my question. Then he answered without any hesitation or reservation, Nope. I was actually shocked by his answer. Considering the position he was in, one would think that he would be happy to say yes, he was sorry for his sins. And so I asked him again, You mean you're just not sorry for your sins? And again came the answer without the slightest hesitation and in great calmness. Nope. It must have been that type of attitude that the priest ran into with the prisoner on death row. He visited the man many times with no response. But one day in the course of the conversation, the convict mentioned the fact that he had a son. The priest, sensing that the man loved his son in spite of his bad example, asked him a question. What would you be willing to do for that boy of yours? I'd stand between that boy and hell, the convict, the convict answered. Well, that is exactly what Christ has done for you. He placed himself between you and hell to save you from hell. He laid down his life for you. The man was moved by the words of the priest. Before he was put to death, he received the faith and was baptized a Catholic. And he begged the priest to teach his son about Christ and what he had done for us. There is another story that comes from an English boy's school of the past. The schools, Those schools were well known for their harsh discipline. One of the boys had committed an offense and was to be punished. Whatever his crime was, the penalty called for public beating over his bare back. On the appointed day, the offender was brought out before the whole school that had been assembled to witness the punishment. His shirt was removed and his back was exposed. But he was a sorry sight. He was so thin that he appeared to be, appeared to be skin and bones. The teacher who was to whip him couldn't do it. He could not bring himself to strike him. Yet, because of the nature of the crime, punishment had to be administered. Justice had to be served. The teacher turned from the boy and pleadingly looked to the student body before him. I simply cannot beat this poor fellow. Will anyone take his place and be punished in his stead? After a moment of silence, one boy came forward. He moved the first boy out of the way. He pulled off his own shirt and offered his back to the rod. He took the strokes without a whimper. In the Gospel of St. Luke, we read the words. In the Gospel of St. Luke, we read the words of Christ to his apostles as he announces to them that he shall be delivered to the Gentiles.
and shall be mocked and scourged and spit upon. And after they have scourged him, they will put him to death. That's Luke 18, 32-33. By bearing, oh, I'm sorry, by being our Savior, our Lord has placed himself between us and hell. By being our Savior, he stepped forward. He came down from his heavenly home to substitute himself for us, to take our place and to be punished in our stead, as the one boy substituted himself for the other. He took our sins upon himself and was punished for them as if they were his sins. He did this for charity's sake. St. Thomas Aquinas says that charity is the friendship of man and God. From God's point of view, it is God's love for us, his good will toward us, and the communication of his gifts and his graces to us. From our point of view, it is loving him and doing his holy will. At the Last Supper, our Lord said to the apostles, I will not, sh I will not now call you servants, but friends. John 15, 15. It is by faith that we know the truths about God. It is by hope that we aspire to possess the goodness of God. But it is by charity that we attain God himself simply and not as having something to gain from him. Charity lays hold on something, I'm sorry, charity lays hold on God himself because charity is love and friendship. Monsignor Paul J. Glenn, A Tour of the Summa, pages 201 to 203. A mother does not say, I will love my infant baby because she can do something for me. She simply loves the baby for itself. And how do we lose charity? How do we lose the friendship of God? We lose it by mortal sin. St. Thomas says that charity is lost by mortal sin, for whoever has charity is deserving of eternal life. But a man who commits mortal sin is deserving of eternal death. It is therefore impossible for a person to have charity and at the same time to be in the state of mortal sin. One mortal sin drives out charity. As we begin Lent, and as we think more and more about the mystery of God's love manifested in the passion and death of Christ, let us think about that love which has moved the Father to send the Son and which moved the Son to die in our place. St. Alphonsus records that Our Lady spoke to a very holy nun and said to her, Think of me and love me, and I will think of thee and love thee. St. Alphonsus Liguori, The Glories of Mary, page 442. And so we pray. My sorrowful mother, by the merit of that grief, which you did feel in seeing your beloved Jesus led to death, obtain for me the grace that I may bear with practice, I'm sorry, that I may bear with patience the crosses which God sends me. Happy indeed shall I be if I only know how to accompany thee with my cross until death. Thou with thy Jesus, and you were both innocent, has carried a far heavier cross, and shall I, a sinner who has deserved hell, refuse to carry mine? Ah, Immaculate Virgin, from thee I do hope for help to bear all crosses with patience. Amen.